see Brian Carroll's influence on the reading, the introduction to the reading, even though Brian's not here himself. Um, very fertile mind and very helpful, actually, that comment. Now, those who know Timaru will be familiar with the scenic reserve. When I was a lad, it was a place of endless adventures and escapades. Uh, my parents didn't know half of the things my brother and I got up to in the scenic reserve. In one part, there was a quarry with a derelict crane and railway tracks, and close by were a series of narrow tunnels going deep underground. On one occasion, on a dare, I crawled down one of these tunnels, only to find that there was no place to turn, and I began to experience claustrophobia. I reversed out with the feelings of being trapped and buried alive. Stay with me to this day. Many will know about Plato's ancient analogy of the cave. Uh, he asked us to imagine a pitch black cave in which a community of people have always lived. They've grown up in the cave, and this is the totality of their experience. They're completely unaware that there's another world just outside, a world of light and trees and birds and lakes. The cave is the only world they know. Plato goes on to describe how the people are also chained, uh, so they can't move about freely. Behind them is a walkway, across which people walk, carrying various objects on their heads. There's a fire that casts shadows of these moving people onto the sides of the cave. The people on the walkway are talking to each other, and the echoes of their voices reverberate around the cave. But the people of the community only ever see moving shadows and hear echoes. So the sights and sounds are experienced indirectly. Now, this is a thought experiment. Imagine that you lived in such a world. Go to such a cave in your mind's eye. It's difficult for us who have experienced such freedom and beauty in our lives to imagine such a place, but I ask you to, to try just for a second to inhabit such a cave and realize that this is your whole world. The cave defines your reality. There is nothing else. Or is there? I want now to apply a Christian interpretation to Plato's cave. Think about how the people in the cave might come to realize that there was indeed a beautiful world just beyond their experience. How would that happen? How would they come to realize that there was so much more to life? Well, there are a number of possibilities, uh, but I'll explore just three this morning. First of all, imagine that some members of the community become curious about the cave itself and begin exploring the nature of the cave. They find clues that seem to point to some design or mind behind the cave? Could the order and the form of their surroundings be suggestive of something beyond their experience? Could the cave itself be like a kind of signpost saying that the community is not alone, but there's something more? Now, as we begin to apply Plato's analogy to our own world, we realize that this process of exploration corresponds to the role of science, which has told us so much 
about the structure and layers and the building blocks of the natural world that we inhabit. Many of the early scientists, of course, were motivated by their belief that there was a great intellect behind creation uh, and that they were simply discovering something of the mind of God when they did their science. Early physicist James Clerk Maxwell, for example, had Psalm 111 verse 2 inscribed in Latin over his Cavendish laboratory in Cambridge. And it read, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. I'll say that again because it's worth pondering. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. And one of the great discoveries of scientists in the last hundred years or so is that the world appears to be finely tuned for the emergence of intelligent life. In previous ages, people simply took it for granted uh, that the universe had always been there. But we now know that the very existence of intelligent life is the greatest fluke you could ever imagine or that God indeed made it this way. And the universe itself is a pointer towards a higher creative power who brought everything into existence. As the structure of the cave was appointed to a world of light and color for Plato's cave community, so our world, and indeed the universe itself, points beyond itself to a powerful, intelligent creator God. Interestingly, at the wedding reception just last night, I was in conversation with a young chap, um, intelligent young man, he's an accountant, and we started talking about matters of faith And I raised this issue with him. Had he ever thought about where everything had come from? Science itself tells us that things don't suddenly happen spontaneously, that there's a cause to everything, and that includes the existence of the universe. And uh, that got him thinking, and I hope it stirred up some um, uh, inquiry on his behalf. But let's look now at the second way a cave dweller may come to realize that there's an extraordinary world beyond the cave. Some members of the community become aware of a deep instinct within them that there's more to life than their subterranean existence uh, appears. Some might call, uh, some you might call philosophers, some mystics perhaps, but they have an instinct that makes them feel that they were made for another world, an instinct that makes them restless and questing. This instinct takes the form of a deep conviction that there's more to life than the darkness of their smoky cave and that they are destined for another place. Now, you'll be very familiar with this appeal. All of us are philosophers and mystics at one level. This is a human instinct, not just for the specialists. It was Augustine who said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, And our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Our desire for something that seems never to be satisfied in this world is a hint that we were made not only for this world, but for another realm. And this restlessness is one of the most distinctive features about our contemporary world. It's writ large in both the world news and in our local communities. 
Uh, some writers have referred to it as the unbearable lightness of being, meaning that skating across the surface of life is unsatisfying. We were made for a deeper experience. Jesus himself said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. We were made for abundant life, not superficial life, not life without meaning, just bumping around, paying the mortgage and dying at the end of it all, um, not going through the motions of life, but deep, purposeful life in all its fullness. Jesus promised to satisfy this deep yearning within us. Now, my final point now moves in the direction of Advent. This is an Advent sermon, you'll be pleased to know. Um, so cast your mind back to the cave dwellers. At a certain point in time, they receive a visit from someone who is not from their community. The visitor looks like them, speaks like them, but this person has come from a place outside of the cave. This visitor describes the world on the outside, the sights and the smells, the sunsets and the mountains, always using analogies from the world of the cave so they can at least in part grasp what he's saying. But most important of all, this person offers to show the cave dwellers the way out. And better still, offers to take them out of the cave into this new world. So you can see that this part of Plato's analogy corresponds to the incarnation, that at the right time, the word became flesh and dwelt among people. Jesus Christ entered into the world of human experience, human history, both to show us how things really are and to enable us to break free from the world's bonds and limitations. And Jesus not only showed us what this new world was like, God's kingdom, if you will, but also demonstrated through his life how to live in this kingdom with justice and mercy and right living and goodness. And through his death and resurrection, Jesus forged a way out of our cave into light, into freedom, into the abundant life of God. And the central claim of the Christian story is so strange that no one would invent it. It is so odd, but somehow perfectly fits when you think about it, both our need and our hopes. It addresses the deep desire that's in each one of us. If the Christian story was true, then surely it would be the most marvelous good news that you could ever imagine. And of course, we believe that it is true. Advent is a time of expectation and preparation. When we get ready for the coming of Christ as a babe in Bethlehem, to embrace both the strangeness and the glory of the infant in the straw, and Advent takes us through a process of revelation, if you will. We think about the calling of Israel to be God's special people from whom a saviour would come. We think about the prophets of old who spoke of a saviour to come. And this morning we think especially about John the Baptist, who was the forerunner 
of the Saviour to come. And finally, we think about Jesus, the great speleologist, if I can use that word, (laughs) which, of course, uh, you will know is about uh, entering into caves and the science around caves. Jesus, the great speleologist, the one who made his way into our human cave and led us out into the light. A new documentary was released in October called simply The Rescue. Some of you may have seen it already. It's the story of the Thai boys who were the the soccer team who were rescued from a flooded cave. They were underground for 18 days as the world held its breath and waited and prayed for them to be rescued. And help eventually came in the form of a group of elite divers who traversed the two-kilometer route to get to the boys. Imagine that. Two kilometers is about the far side of Hagley Park, underground, dark, water everywhere. What an incredible feat. And every boy was rescued, but at the cost of one of the volunteers, Saman Gunan, who died from lack of oxygen while supplying canisters to other members of the mission. At Advent, we become more mindful of that great journey that Jesus made in the incarnation, to be born as one of us and teach and be with us and to die for us, thus forging a route to freedom. Walk with Jesus this Advent and Christmas out of the cave and into the light. Amen.